Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, from Wichita's most listened to sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH, this is Sports Daily with Jacob Albrocht and Tommy Kester. He's got all the insight of what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two of Sports Daily. Uh, We do welcome in Tim Fitzgerald. Fitz, we have laid out the awkwardness of today to talk about things that are happening that aren't the tragedy that happened yesterday, but that's what we'll do. Um, We'll get people updates as they come in on what happened at the parade yesterday. We have had some positive updates for some of the patients at the hospital this morning. No news in the investigation and some other stories uh, about players and other people helping in these moments, which is always great. But Fitz, it's a it's it's a it's a weird thing to do what we do today, but we'll do it. Yeah, you know i I do a daily delivery video every day. Um, that's why they're called daily. Uh, and I did I addressed this topic, and then we decided we weren't going to run it. And it wasn't really anything controversial, but it just felt out of place and um so we did another topic and that video won't see the light of day not because it was you know anything bad about it it was basically the gist of it is we we got to get back to being kind to each other um I, I think we've lost some of that in our society but i'd prefer to talk sports so i'm in on this well it's been a quiet week uh for kansas state men's basketball haven't played since Saturday, they don't play again until this Saturday at home against TCU. But let's go back to last Saturday, Fitz. The Wildcats on the road in Provo to take on BYU. 72-66 final scores. The Wildcats fall in that game. Um, you know, Big takeaways from you know, what you were able to, to notice from that game is BYU gets the win. That game wasn't close. I mean, it was 17 points in the second half. And, you know, K-State started coming back. <clears throat> Uh, and uh, played with the type of urgency you need to play with for 40 minutes, but they did it for like five at the end of the game. Uh, and they did cut the lead down quite a bit. Uh, and then it just took one mistake, one breakdown on defense, and that's how fine of a line they had left themselves. They didn't have any room for error, and they had an error. Um, so it was a nice comeback, but, you know, in reality, that was not a competitive game. K-State, uh, for the entire middle part of that game, the middle 30 minutes almost, was a much lesser team than BYU. Uh, and the BYU kind of 
is the opposite of Kansas State. They know exactly what they're trying to do. They value possessions, uh, and they're not hyper-athletic, uh, but they don't do much wrong. <clears throat> well, K-State's over here trying to, you know, dunk and shoot a bunch of three-pointers, and they just don't do it very efficiently. Uh, so that, that really exposed them. But they get BYU at home, and we'll see how, um, you know, a team that hasn't played in many great environments of recent years uh, likes to come into Manhattan, Kansas, because that'll be much different. Fitz, we look at that game, and it, it you know, I, I it, it, the final score was not indicative there of, of how BYU got right. him. So as we look at K-State, yes, they get the week off, but they also are rewarded with the Saturday turnaround and go on the road Monday, which if you if you're unaware of how difficult that is, I'll, I'll hand you Kansas the last couple of weeks and see how that's gone yeah. for them. It does, though, emphasize, I think, the importance of this game at home against TCU. I mean, they almost certainly have to have this one if their NCAA hopes are going to remain. You get it at home. You've had it on long rest. It's a, you just They can't lose this one. They've got to have it. No. No, we had a long discussion about this very topic on the Powercat podcast that went live uh, this morning. It, it they Again, they they just don't have much room for error. They can't lose at home again. <clears throat> I mean, aside from the fact that if you want to get to the magical 9-9 nine and nine in the conference that Jerome Tang has mentioned as kind of being the uh, you're in the tournament barrier, uh, if you win your home games, you're there. But the problem is, is uh, I'm going to be really blunt here, I, I think the value of beating Kansas two Mondays ago has been deflated a little bit. And yeah, I, I'm not yeah. sure it's had the impact that, that – Jerome Tang and everyone else imagined. I'm not sure nine to nine and a loss in Kansas City gets them in at this point. And they're probably going to have to defend their home court and find one to steal on the road. And they're down to Texas and KU and Cincinnati, which might be the one they are after. Texas is that quick turnaround. Uh, they've got work to do. And losing at home uh, is an absolute backbreaker at this point. You just can't make up that ground unless you want to go to Kansas City and win the dang thing. You know, it wasn't that long ago, I think maybe just a couple of weeks ago, that you and I were talking about the struggles that the Wildcats have had in the rebounding battle. I think it was four games in a row that they had lost the rebounding battle. Now we turn around and we look at the, the last three games. Kansas State has won the rebounding battle. The loss against Oklahoma State, the big Monday game against KU, and last weekend against BYU. Has that been, uh, in, in your mind, a major focus from Jerome Tang and his staff to try to flip that script as we get further into conference play? Yeah, it's, it's amazing that they did fix that. They did get it going better, and they lost two of those games, and you know, they barely won the third one. Uh, so there's a lot more going on here. That was something that they felt like they could get fixed easily, and they have. Um, and that while that isn't the entire solution, at least it improves you in one area. Uh, at the end of the day, this team, and I've been saying this over over many weeks now, doesn't value the basketball. They don't value possessions. They, they're reckless with what they do, and uh, they're not very precise in how they do it, from dribbling to passing to shooting the ball. Um, and how they run their offense. And uh, I think the lack of a true point guard has really caught up to this team. They've tried to cover it up, but now teams have figured out how they can pressure them and really take K-State out of what they want. Because with a good point guard, you can get into your stuff um, despite the pressure, and K-State just doesn't have that right now. 
I um Fitz, I I wonder if it doesn't go well and they don't make the tournament. What what's what do you think will be the feel of things if they don't? I think it was you know, it's always been a possibility for this team. We knew that going into the year. But if they didn't, it, it, is it deflating at all to the momentum that Tang has going there if they don't make the tournament? No, no I don't think so because, uh, you know, basketball is so volatile right now, college basketball, how you can reinvent or lose your team. You know, you look around college basketball, Missouri's going through a lot of the same stuff, even worse. Um, Arkansas struggling this year. Uh, sometimes the transfer portal is magic and does incredible things, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. <clears throat> you know, K-State missed on a couple point guards, both of whom they thought they had, uh, and lo- not only lost out on them, they lost out on them to conference foes, so it's like a double whammy. Um, and then you, uh, you know, lose a, a 6'10 future NBA guy that's taken off your roster, um, and then the guy that you did bring in to help supplement your guard play is out for the season in Quez Glover. So it's just had kind of this domino effect of, of bad things, um, you know, major disruptions in what they thought their roster would be, and they're trying to do their best. But, uh, you know, they just, they're not entrenched enough as a program um, right now. They're still building from the ground up while trying to do the transfer portal. So their young players aren't quite ready. And as I mentioned, the transfer portal didn't work quite the way they wanted it to. And, I think they're going to have more success this year because I've seen a great deal of movement towards supporting the NILs at, at Kansas State and and the Wildcat NIL in particular and how it could really uh, help out the program. And uh, I think you're going to see more success with the portal this year. What do we know about TCU? Uh, they're two games back of hmm. Houston in the Big 12, tied right now with BYU. Um, they're three and two in their last five, most recently beating West Virginia at home uh, by 16 points. This is a team that, you know, it seems like Jamie Dixon kind of has flying under the radar a little bit. I mean, I don't really feel like I've heard a ton about the Horned Frogs this year. Yeah, because they've been an absolute roller coaster, really volatile in their performances, up and down, really good, impressive performances, and some real stinkers. Um, and, you know, if you go to the net ratings and, you know, they got the four different quadrants that you know, teams are placed in basically based on their value. Um, K-State's got four home games and only two of them are quad one. TCU's not a quad one game, it's quad two. So I thought it was really interesting. So they're not measuring up in those those ratings as well, you know, like K-State is. And, um, you know, West Virginia is the other one as a quad three. But uh, I don't know what we're going to see from TCU Saturday morning at Brandon's Coliseum. Uh, and I don't know what we're going to see from K-State, although they've been more consistent at home. Uh, they did lose two home games ago to Oklahoma. So uh, this is this is going to be a, an interesting game to see how both teams respond. And uh, somehow I think it's going to end up being a really close competitive game that might go to overtime. Uh, I don't know why I think that. It just uh, seems to happen all the time for Kansas State. There, I mean, there was a time, Fitz. I thought TCU was going to have a shot to win this league. I, I think highly I of them. Um, I, it, I, will, I it will It will be It will be fascinating to see the end of their season. I just don't – they have been so unpredictable in both directions. Uh, maybe it's not even in both directions. I think what it is is, like, every time they come and, you know, get one of their big wins, it surprises me a little bit. And, and it 
probably shouldn't in this league, but it does. I, 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 that's why I'm holding out hope they can get a few of these wins, but you know, it does seem unlikely. Yeah. And the dogs had some opinions on this, but, um, <laughs> he doesn't like that yeah, slander is what he doesn't like. The, yeah, I know. They, they're a big fan of chasing frogs. Apparently, uh, it, they're hard to figure. They're one of the teams that really is hard to define in this conference. And it's, you know, it's kind of, uh, they and K-State are a little bit mystifying. Uh, and I, I can't quite understand how you can get to this point in the season and not really uh, have the consistent effort that you need in this conference. Um, and, you know, Jerome Tang will tell you the effort's been there. Look, I, 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 I see effort in some ways. In other ways, I don't see uh, enough focus to, to get wins in this league because you have to be fairly unflinching. I mean, you just have to be as consistent over 40 minutes as almost possible. And that's, that's not happened for either TCU or K-State. Let's, uh, let's talk, right, women. Hey, let's uh, talk women's ahead, basketball really quick. So Aoka Lee makes yeah. her return uh, against uh, Iowa yeah. State. The, the ladies lose that game um, last night. Where did things stand with the Wildcats? I know that it didn't seem like from everything that I saw that uh, Aoka you know, is 100%. I mean, obviously coming back from that oh. injury – um, and you could kind of tell that on the court. But, I mean, I would imagine at least having her back in some capacity, um, you know, is definitely a lift for the Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, they fell behind big time in the first half. So I think you saw them start to, you know, acclimate to having her back, and maybe she started to find some more comfort. Uh, I think the stat that, you know, jumped out at me the most was she only had two rebounds in regulation. I'm not sure what she ended up with. Uh, but she had two rebounds, and one of them was late in regulation. So that's not her. Um, that's, you know, that's just not feeling 100%. But she played probably more minutes than they expected her to play because it was such a competitive game. But right now, this, this thing going on with K-State and Iowa State, I, you could, if you had the, you know, crop judging team probably has a rivalry right now, and they probably are really competitive. They they probably have, uh, you know, you match Iowa State and K-State up, there's going to be some heat, and they get after it, and that's what happened last night. Man. Of course it will. What do you have going at GoPowerCat.com for us, Fitz? Uh, you know, just it's been an off week for us, too. It's been a little bit slower. We've got some great VIP content on – you know, looking forward to football season right now for our subscribers. And um, you know, we're, we're going to keep doing our YouTube productions as, as we kind of bend in that dr- uh, direction right now because it's, um, you know, it, that's kind of where the fan bases are right now. That's where the uh, attention is, is with a lot of video stuff. So we've got the Big 12 Insiders going live at 1 p.m. on our YouTube channel. At Life of Fitz on social media, go powercot.com. Fitz, we appreciate it. Let's do it again next week. Thanks for having the dogs on today. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate them always, uh, our furry friends. Uh, we will have uh, – you can hear that podcast, by the way, on Odyssey. Um, so there is going to be a media briefing um, on the parade at 1030. Now, that's scheduled for 1030. It could be – Later than that, although with the the amount of time in between, I would suspect it's pretty close to on time. So bear with us. We're going to take a break here. We may flip this hour upside down a little bit so that we can bring you that briefing as it's happening live on the air. 
We're going to take a break. We're going to let Jad uh, get a handle on that, get ready for that. We'll have another segment here so that we can come back and be able to carry that for you live. So bear with us as we sort out the technical details on that. Uh, But we do expect an update on things at 1030, and we'll try to bring that to you live here on the air. So stick with us. We'll be back. More Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back to Sports Daily. We are going to bring you that news briefing live from Kansas City to get the latest on the parade shooting situation. It's scheduled for 1030. We'll have a segment here that'll be a little brief, and then we'll come back, and we'll just sort of have that for you as it comes. So bear with us as we work with these. I would imagine that the first briefing of the day is pretty on schedule, uh, but we will. those are typically more organized so we'll we'll we should have that for you right around that time, but but bear with us on that. So stay tuned. Um, as we make our way there, Tommy. One other topic I think that was interesting yesterday is that Steve Wilkes was fired from San Francisco. I we we talked about the greatest pressure in the Super Bowl falling probably on Mike Shanahan and Kyle you know Shanahan. Wilkes held God Xavier Sneed Mike <laughs> Shanahan. Forgive my scatterbrain this morning, everybody. So Kyle Shanahan's, he's feeling it right now. There's no question. But Steve Wilkes' defense held Kansas City to 19 points in regulation and one touchdown that came on a on a, on a a muffed special teams play. I don't think that Steve Wilkes was the problem this year. Uh, there were players that publicly said they were not prepared for some final things that the Chiefs did there. You got to understand, like the Chiefs brought things out of the bag there that they've never brought out. How do you prepare for that? That's what that's a part of what makes Andy Reid so great. Uh, that seems like um, that that seems like a stretch. Kyle Shanahan saying, "I felt pretty strongly this was a decision that was best for the organization." Somebody's got to go, I suppose. But man, it sure didn't seem like it deserved to be Steve Wilkes. Well, I don't think anybody had to go. I mean, I don't think that the the result of well, the Super Bowl. Well, only because the pressure. But it's only because the pressure is so high on Kyle Shanahan, isn't it? Like they fell I short mean, maybe, again. Maybe, but again, I, I don't. I think that he could have gotten away with not making any changes and at least going into the next season, probably been okay. Um, but man, I think that. You know, I feel bad for Steve Wilkes because he was clearly the fall guy in this. He didn't fumble the football. Christian McCaffrey did. He didn't muff the punt. You know, that was the the special teams unit. He didn't have uh, the the issues preparing the team with the overtime rules situation. That falls on Kyle Shanahan. All Steve Wilkes did with his defense was really do a pretty good job limiting Kansas City offensively, especially in the first half of the Super Bowl. So, you know, he was out after one year. I thought he put together a really solid defense. And Shanahan mentioned that it was more of a difference in philosophy moving forward. And I, you know, I guess that if that's the way that it is, good luck to Shanahan and whoever he brings in. But I certainly don't feel like Steve Wilkes deserved that. No, I don't either. And, and, it, it, when you get so it's the same thing we saw with buffalo right and it's, uh it, it's unfortunate for all of these opposing parties that they're up against you know this this chiefs dynasty because it, it, you know at other times we probably would have seen a san francisco super bowl now we probably would have seen a buffalo super bowl by now and it's just like you run into this buzzsaw and it's wild to imagine that and in what could possibly happen if these 
you know, dynasty, if this dynasty wasn't in place, but that's the reality of it. You just have to catch them that one time. And the 49ers had every opportunity in this game and in the last one they played in the Super Bowl. They just didn't make that one big play, you know, and, and there's there's ramifications for it. Steve Wilkes got a raw deal in Carolina, too. I, I don't know that there's an opening for him, but I would bet you him being on the market is something people didn't expect was going to happen either. Uh, so where does he end up? I don't know, but the pressure's on there in San Francisco. There's no doubt about it. Uh, their, their window's closing. They're going to have to pay Purdy. McCaffrey's getting older. Kittle's getting older. Like, can they keep Debo and Ayuk forever? Trent Williams is already old. Like, their, their little run here with no Super Bowls is going to get looked at pretty negatively, I would think, by the fan base. Um, okay, so we're right at the time we probably need to take this break to be back by 1030. So let's do that. Again, we're going to expect an update from Kansas City officials on the shooting. Uh, so we're going to bring that to you live as it happens. We'll take a break now so that we're here right when it starts. We'll do that. Sports Daily coming right back. All right, welcome back in, everybody. All right, so what's happening here is we expect a news conference to begin um, anytime in Kansas City for an update from officials. So we are going to just sort of fill that time for you until we get that. Uh, we expect it to be on time as a scheduled news conference. So just hang with us here. Jad's going to get that for us as soon as he sees it, and we will take it live for you. Um so hang tight, Tommy, as we sit here and we can sort of, again, just wonder what in the world is going on that things like yesterday happened. I saw Trey Smith interviewed on Good Morning America this morning talking about just how, I mean, they were right there. The the Chiefs coaches and players are right in the thick of it. This and I don't happened, think I, by I the think. way, I don't think I realized uh, until just a few hours ago how close they actually were to all of this going down. So Neil Jones works for KCTV. He's been there a long time. He actually had his reporting on CBS Evening News last night. And you can, in that story, and I don't know if this was an edit or if it was the actual gunshots as you're seeing basically the Fight for Your Right to Party song finishing up and players sort of exit. That's when you hear it. So, I, again, I don't know if that was the exit. There was another shot of him as he was doing a live shot. You you can hear it in multiple places. It was a lot of shots, folks. Like, it wasn't just a couple. Obviously, 22 people are shot. It was rapid fire, very obviously. And when you see pictures of, of the like one of the likely guns recovered, that makes sense. But it, it was there. And so Trey Smith recounts it as, you know, being in a closet, basically, with a bunch of other people. He picked up a kid, he said, and just ran in there. You know, that's what I mean. Like, those things where we... You know, there, there, there's small bits of it and may not see it, but there were like nine kids in Children's Mercy, either shot or trampled or whatever. Trey Smith grabbing a kid on his way to safety is heroic. There's so many moments of those that come out, and that's what, you know, that's what will happen today, and it's good. We're probably going to learn more about victims, but we're going we're gonna to hear a lot more accounts of, of heroism from everyday people put into that position when they absolutely were not expected to be, and it's awesome, and I love hearing that. Trey Smith said James Winchester was incredible in the moment in helping people. Um, and there was another kid in trouble. He gave him his WWE belt. You had seen that yesterday. You'd seen that Andy Reid was trying to comfort a young person. Like all of that stuff 
those are the things that that you know you focus on too to remind us that you know we're we collectively as people are good bad actors that that do these things are not and so you know shout out to everybody who helped somebody yesterday just you know pick somebody up as they stumble like anything anything anybody did i love hearing those stories because those are the things to me that bring you out of a funk when you see it that's it's a you know it's a dark rabbit hole to get into you know and then uh the report uh and the confirmation of of who the the victim was the fatality uh and, and knowing yeah. um her name is lisa lopez knowing what she did for a living uh, she was on a local radio station in kansas city and so when i saw that um and i don't i don't know her uh, i don't know her family or any anything like that but uh, that did hit home for me, at least, you know, for the profession that that I'm in sure. and that, that we're all in in this world. So, um, you know, obviously continuing to think about her family and her coworkers, her friends, all of that, um, you know, just with the, the influence that she had in the community and, and hearing stories about that as well, um, you know, definitely sad. Jad, I'm seeing it. Are you seeing it right now that we can take this live? I'm beginning to see this on social. Yeah, they're, um, they're they're starting to kind of filter down, and I, I they're not. It doesn't look like they're they're getting underway just yet, but they're starting to filter out of the building and come down towards the the where they've got all the microphones set up. Okay, uh, so bear with us for a second um, as we find this for you. We're going to bring this to you live as soon as as soon as we get it. So what'll happen this morning is a a, a briefing. Okay, we've got it yep. now, so we're going to take you live here to Kansas City. Our condolences continue to go out to all those who have been impacted, including the decedent. You will have more information on that in our conversation that comes up shortly. A few things to note, and the chief will cover a bit later. If you have questions about property or other information relating to belongings that were left at Union Station, please call the city's 311 information line. Please do not call the police department's line in connection with that information. The other thing that we wanted to note were mental health resources for anyone who feels concerns from yesterday's events. Please call 988, and that's how we can connect you with services. We also will be making victim advocacy services available following this crisis. With that, we'll come back for questions after the police chief and the fire chief speak. With that, I'll turn it over to Police Chief Stacy Graves. Police Chief Stacy Graves. As you know, yesterday we experienced a tragic event during a time that was meant for celebration. The law enforcement response was exemplary. Those in attendance also responded. They helped one another and even physically stopped a person who was believed to be involved in the incident. I want to thank the people who acted bravely yesterday alongside law enforcement to include the Kansas City Fire Department. Your selfless act did not go unnoticed. Thank you, Kansas City. I'm angered by what occurred in our city yesterday, but I am also thankful for the response. Members of the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department, the Kansas City Fire Department, city officials, federal partners, and many others have worked around the clock investigating this incident. All of their hard work and dedication has allowed me the opportunity to provide you this update today. I want to thank the Attorney General, the Governor, the Mayor, and numerous other elected officials, as well as numerous chiefs of police for reaching out to me directly, offering support, assistance, to include federal resources to assist in this investigation. 
First and foremost, I want to stress that preliminary investigative findings have shown there was no nexus to terrorism or homegrown violent extremism. This appeared to be a dispute between several people that ended in gunfire. During the overnight hours, we learned there are 23 victims of yesterday's shooting. One of our victims, Elizabeth Galvin, 43 years old, died. We are still learning about her, but know that she is beloved by many. To her friends and family, we are with you. And we are working tirelessly to investigate her murder. The 22 victims age range between eight years old and 47 years old. At least half of our victims are under the age of 16. As mentioned yesterday, we have subjects detained, two of which are juveniles. We are working to determine the involvement of others. And it should be noted we have recovered several firearms. This incident is still a very active investigation. We ask anyone in the vicinity of the shooting that directly witnessed the shooting incident, has any video of the shooting incident, or is a victim of the shooting who has not yet reported to police, please call this dedicated line, 816-413-3477. I know there are many more questions that you all want answers to uh, that I may not have answered just yet. It's critical that we protect the integrity of this case so that we can bring justice to the victims, their families, and everyone else involved. It should also be noted we are also working closely with our Jackson County Prosecutor's Office. Uh, Chief, yeah. not yet. We're going to pass this on to uh, Chief Grundison from the Fire Department. Good morning. I'm Fire Chief Ross Grundison. Uh, yesterday, Kansas City units, along with our mutual aid partners, uh, treated a total of 22 victims of the shooting incident. Um, we had one fatality that was on scene, eight critical, seven serious, and six patients with minor injuries. All the critical patients were transported off the scene uh, within 10 minutes of our point of contact with them. We transported to Children's Mercy, University Health, and St. Luke's on the Plaza. KCFD had a plan in place and we were ready to respond to an incident like this. At the time of the shooting, we had approximately eight personnel from KCFD and KC Medical who were assisting us in the immediate area. Some of those members were within 40 feet of where the shooting took place. These members did not run for cover, but stayed on scene to treat and triage the injured while additional KCFD units ran to their assistance. I am very grateful uh, and proud of the service of these crews that worked this terrible incident. They gave their all yesterday, like they do every day in this city and again, put their, the public's lives above their own, and we are grateful for that. I also wanna say thanks to all the mutual aid uh, partners that we worked with on this incident. Um, very grateful for their assistance. Thank you. Thank you. Questions? Chief, uh, Chief. I wanted to ask you uh, about a comment you made yesterday, uh, because you said this is not Kansas City, and you just mentioned that this was an argument, apparently, that escalated. We had a similar situation just happened right around the corner at Crown Center less than a month ago. Last year, we set a record for homicides in this community with 182. 
So isn't gun violence, in fact, very much a part of what we face here in Kansas City routinely? We do face gun violence here in Kansas City. But my note of this is not Kansas City is in we had likely one million people down in and around this, this celebration. To, to have the, the ability to have that many people in, in our downtown area with a, I'm not, I don't want to minimize this event, but you have, that's Kansas City. That, that is a million people that are um, able to come together for a celebration. Again, you have just a handful, or I, I'm not, I don't have a specific number of, of actors in this that, that perpetrated the violence that, that played out. Do you have arrests? Because I, my understanding, you can only hold these folks for so long before Correct. you charge them. Have you charged them yet? Uh, we have not charged them yet. This is still in, under investigation. We do have 24 hours until we, we have to either file charges or release them. So and again, again, we are working closely with the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office to present the most successful case for prosecution. Is there, is there issues with, with linking them to the actual shooting? So, so some of those questions, I'm not able to give a direct answer just because I want to protect the integrity of this investigation. My focus right now and, and what is most important to, to us is to make sure that everything in this case is presented for successful prosecution. So some of those questions, um, I'm, I'm hesitant to... I think the answer is she's not answering yet. It seems like we are so many hours from... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We, we have subjects that are detained, like I said earlier. That is under investigation. We have detectives that have worked overnight and through the night that are still upstairs right now working with our Jackson County Prosecutor's Office for, for uh, the furtherance of this investigation. That, that, that we, we uh, have um, all intentions of presenting charges. I the other thing I wanted to ask you about um, the individuals, were they part of a gang? Was this some kind of gang crew? Uh, you know, the, the relationship between the uh, subjects involved, we, that's still under investigation. Chief, can you, can you you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Go ahead to the lady. Please. You're good. Go. Were the three suspects or the three people we currently have in custody, 
that is also under investigation. Chief, can, can you, you elaborate? Tell us locations where there was more than one location where the shootings took place, correct? Can you um, tell us that? Initial reports were that there was more than one location. It really is. That's not the case. It was mostly on the west side of Union Station. Chief, I had another you, question. You, you made it sound like you're not sure at this point how many people may have been involved. Does that mean there are potentially more shooters out in the open right now? What, what that is, if I could clarify that, is that we are not uh, closing the door and giving direct numbers on this. This is still an active investigation. We are, all, are still uh, asking the public that if anyone noticed that, if anyone witnessed the shooting directly, to still contact police. We want to make sure that anyone that was responsible for yesterday is brought to justice. Chief, can you elaborate? Would you tell us again the name of the victim? Elizabeth Galvin. And how old is she? She's 43. 43. Okay. And and and, and where and what is what exact time did, did the shooting was when was that reported and where exactly did it happen? It was approximately I believe maybe 1:50 p.m. Uh, I'm not completely sure on exactly when the shots were fired, but it was at the conclusion of the celebration rally. Yes, sir. Chief, can you elaborate at all on the firearms that were recovered on the scene? Uh, Right now, I, I am not going to elaborate on that just Chief, yet. There, there were several firearms that were recovered. Is the ATF have been able to legally hold on just a second. Weapons? What was your question? Is the ATF helping you? Uh, we, have our, we have engaged our, our federal partners. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri Police Department has a great relationship with our federal partners. We have historically, and um, they have offered all of their assistance to whatever we need in this. Would minors have been able to legally possess these weapons if they were, if they were legally obtained somehow? Would a minor be able to? Minors should not be in but possession of weapons. I was watching local news. You were talking about a high-powered weapon. Yep. Juvenile. Yep. People shouldn't have. Can, is that something that was a high-powered weapon used in this incident? I think the chief explained right now there's still an investigation as to the firearms. Firearms have been retrieved, and then we'll learn more about it. To the extent that I was speaking towards it, it was from uh, listening to uh, sounds of gunfire, both sounds in person and uh, certainly in connection with what I have since seen in video as well. But we'll have all that information uh, as soon as possible. That's being investigated Chief, with the firearms. A, Chief, a One second, go ahead. I'm, I know you haven't uh, said so, but uh, you know there have been some pictures shown of like it. Uh, AR or something to that effect. If there's a long way, All right, let's go ahead and come on back here. Uh, you're getting more specific questions there. They're not going to get answers to those questions, just a little inside baseball. They've got to present. So the arrests have been made of these people. Until they charge them, they're not going to say anything, typically. doesn't mean that people shouldn't ask. They should. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just – it was a transitional point there is, is I think we have a, a spot where we can just sort of recap for you what's gone on there. So we we know now that the victim number is to 23, um, and we know that those victims' age range from 8 to 47. Half of the victims here are under the age of 16. Now, we don't know, you know how many of those victims were involved or not involved or those kinds of things. Again, as long as they're investigating and before they present charges, some of that information is just not going to happen. But it probably will today. Uh, at some point, we'll get some of the information, and it will be out there. Uh, the new information, I think, Tommy, um, that is the most relevant to us is that, A, this was a dispute between two parties and not something uh, you know, terroristic or sinister. It was some sort of dispute. That's why you heard a lot of questions about gangs and gang violence and that sort of thing, um, and that two of the arrests are of, of juveniles. 
So, you know, it, it sounds like it was a dispute among young people. And that's, that's to me, as sad as anything, you know, maybe not as sad, but, but very sad that you're in situations like this where young people are shooting at each other and it spills over into the public. And that's the frightening thing, I think, for all of us. So more of those details will come probably later today, uh, probably later this afternoon, as you heard, you know, the, the technicalities of it. They have to charge these people before 24 hours is up. They will. They will have charges presented. They just want to make sure their case is, is, a, is a case they can actually win. And I think people get – it's easy to get impatient, but they do have a job to do, and they do have to follow the law. And the law says you don't present cases you don't think you can win. Any prosecutor in the world will tell you that. So we'll, we'll probably get a little more of that information, names, those types of things. Maybe not names if they're juveniles. We'll see. Uh, but that will come later this afternoon. Yeah, we're in a world now where it wasn't that long ago when something like this would happen that the first thing that jumped to everybody's mind was some kind of terrorism uh, and somebody from another country, uh, you know, doing something to hurt the citizens of, of this country. And we're in a world now where that's not really as much of a case anymore. Well, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's still it's there. It's a threat. It's still there. Yeah. But now it's, you know, and, and this is the way that it, it's kind of morphed into where we're killing each other, we're shooting each other, you know, and and I don't, I don't like when we hear this isn't a, a terroristic threat. Look, anybody that has the intent to shoot at people in a crowd of hundreds of thousands of people, yeah. that that incites terror. So you can call it what you want, um, but it, it is the same effect essentially. It's not targeted. I think, but it is terroristic. It incites terror. Sure. That's, I mean, by definition, that's what it is. So I, it's just like, look, we, we have a problem, whatever the root of it is, that people are able to go to a parade and shoot at each other, especially young people. That's heartbreaking. That's tragic. Like, it, it, if everybody could just like set aside agendas and you would be stunned to see some of the messages and emails we get about agendas when things like this happen. Like there should be no agenda that we need to stop young people from shooting at each other in crowds of hundreds of thousands of people with high powered weapons. There's no agenda there. That's the truth. Now, what the what the solution is, is what needs to be worked on. But we can't sort through our own crappy political agendas to get there and it's so stupid and ridiculous but you know the, the people that are out there trying to help and trying to do these things to, to to help young people empower those people i go back to the jackie robinson statue on a day where young people in wichita shot and killed each other like let's empower the people trying to help these young people make better choices let's start there how about that and see where that takes us but stop with the you know I mean, it's rinse, wash, and repeat. Whichever you know, whichever agenda somebody wants to push out there, they're going to go right there immediately, and that's just so counterproductive. Like, let's let's figure this thing out. And you know, one of the questions that came out of that press conference that we just carried, one of the reporters asking uh, the police chief, who mentioned this is not Kansas City, and about how there's been a lot of gun violence in that city and homicides and you know things like that. It's not just Kansas City; it's everywhere. It it's happens everywhere. in Wichita. Yeah. It happens here in our own community. Now, we don't have sure. as many people uh, in Wichita as we do in Kansas City. It doesn't mean that gun violence doesn't exist here. It absolutely does. And it exists among uh, young people. It exists among um, you know, juveniles in, in that regard. 
happens far too often everywhere, not just in Kansas City. You don't have, you know, a massive group of hundreds of thousands of people all coming together in one place in Wichita like you did in Kansas City, but it still happens here. And so it's one of those situations where it's, you know, you really, you can't turn a blind eye to it. You can't just say, oh, well, that, you know, that's there. It doesn't happen here. It happens everywhere. It happens absolutely everywhere. And, uh, and so this is not just a, you know, one, one city situation or one city problem. This is something that clearly has got to be addressed everywhere. And I'm not smart enough to know the total ins and outs of the answers to all of it. But I do know What's, that, you know, the, the problem is it's not it, there's gray yeah. area involved and people refuse to get into the gray area. Mm-hmm. Right. Like these violent things that happen are uh, are symptoms of mental health issues, which become symptoms because of, you know, social media and pop culture and all the things where we just normalize shooting at people. Uh, they are gun issues. They are, you know, gang issues, they're crime issues, they're all these issues, and, and everyone wants to pick one of those things and pretend like that's going to fix it. But it, 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 that, that's, of course, not going to fix it. Young people are stupid, okay? We were all stupid when we were young. Young people don't truly understand consequence. Our brains, like, scientifically don't work that way. Let's empower young people to make better decisions. Um, I'm so, just heartbroken by all of this, like, you know, from the perpetrators to the victims to the... You know, the community, every bit of it is just so dang sad and demoralizing. But again, focus on the heroes here, and and hopefully that'll lift your spirits. We'll have coverage on this throughout the day uh, on the Odyssey family of networks here uh, on on local television with us at KWCH. We'll, We'll get you covered on it on the latest. You'll get more information later this afternoon. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Sports Daily right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.